have you heard about Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me fill you in on a few things. Like first and foremost, it's free. And there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Then Anchor is going to distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on multiple platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more. Even better, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And it's so easy, even somebody like me can do it. Now download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And I know you hear me. Hi, I'm Will Harridge, and I'm an audio engineer. But you would not believe the amount of mediocre voice actors I get in on the daily. It's scary, honestly. I always want to recommend them to Elise Bowman, who's the best voice acting coach I know. But I'm always afraid I'm going to offend them and be out of a job. Thankfully, I send the best ones over to her anyway over at EliseCoaches.com, and they keep coming back. Hi, I'm one of the mediocre talents that Will has to work with. And really, I'm thinking about looking up Elise myself. Go look at Elise Coaches today and start your career without ending mine. What he said. Hey, this is Mercedes Lewis, former guest, voice actress, Twitch streamer with Rainbow Mike Gaming, and Flynn's birthday twin. And you're listening to the I Know You Hear Me podcast. Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the I Know You Hear Me podcast. And guys, we are getting closer and closer to having a physical studio built so that we can start doing these in person. And, you know, we'll still keep doing the Zoom for some of our guests that are a little bit further away, like our awesome guests that I have lined up here tonight. But before we get into everything and get into all the fun stuff, I do got a little bit of housekeeping to take care of. We're going to take a quick pause for a word from the Give Me Back My Podcast Network. This is Charlie with Give Me Back My Action Movies. And Dan. Join us every two weeks as we dive into the classic action movies of the 80s and 90s. That's right, Charlie. But we also take a look at some of the current films out there that still has those nostalgic feels for us. Exactly. So make sure you find us on all your major podcasting platforms. And check us out over on Facebook. We have a group where the conversation's always going 24-7. We're having a good time. I think so. I'll be back. And we're back. Thank you guys again for continuing to tune in and listen to these awesome episodes that I'm bringing to you guys. I'm just grateful to have this opportunity to sit down and catch up with some of my friends that I haven't seen in a while or haven't really had the chance to talk to outside of random comments and meme sharings on Facebook or whatever it may be. But I'm just grateful that you guys enjoy these conversations and that you're you're providing the feedback. You're liking it on Facebook. You're following us on Instagram and Twitter. You're subscribed on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You know the spiel by now, but one little thing, if this is your first episode, go back and get subscribed on one of those platforms. Go get caught up on all the awesome guests in season one. Catch up on the guests you've missed so far in season two and leave us a five-star review if you're on Apple iTunes and Apple Podcasts, whatever it's called these days. You know what I'm talking about, but make sure you're showing us some love and support. Leave us a review if you like what I'm doing over here, and also follow us on social media and share it with your friends. 
It means a lot, and it helps this show out more than you can ever imagine. And I also have to take a minute and thank our sponsors. Again, I got to thank Elise Bowman. That woman is an angel for continuing to help sponsor this show. If you need a voiceover coach, go check her out. I'm going to have her information in the show notes as well. And if you have a product or service that you want to get out to a worldwide audience, guys, check for my email in the show notes because if it's a product or a service that you believe in, I want to help you get it out to the right people. So look for my email in the show notes and we'll make sure that we get that product or service out there for you as well. But without further ado, this is a guest that I've wanted to have on for a while, so I'm glad we were finally able to make it happen. I actually met her... Uh, Again, here's a trend uh, you'll notice. This goes hand in hand with some previous guests that we've had, and we all met via Sunny Strait. And unfortunately, we haven't had the chance to meet in person yet. However, this past weekend, I did get the chance to meet one of my fellow students from his class in person, and that was awesome. But hopefully we'll get to do that with former guests Suzanne and Corey and tonight's guest as well. But to kind of give you an idea of her background here, She is making waves, and she is kicking ass and taking names. She is doing all these things while breaking into voice acting. She's getting her second... She's got her second master's degree. Excuse me. She's got a BS in biochemistry and molecular biology. She's got a master's degree in forensic science. How she does all that, I don't know, but I'm going to bring her on right now so that we can chat about that. My guest tonight is Monica Olson. Monica, how are you? I'm doing good. Man, thank you for uh, for being on here tonight and making time to do that with this hectic schedule that you maintain. Like, I don't know how you do it. Well, it's a little bit easier now because I'm not doing two degree programs at once. Now I've knocked it down to one. So ah, these are facts. These are facts, which is still like that's hella impressive. Like, how do you? We're gonna back it up a little bit. I just by the end of this conversation, I gotta know where you got that drive and that determination, and also the time management skills to make this happen because that is impressive. <laughs> um, so let's say as far as the drive, I have to credit my parents for that. Right. Um, you know, uh, grew up. I was a farm kid. Um, grew up always knowing hard work and. Just keep moving forward, no, how, uh, no matter how crummy the situation is. Um, and also, um, my parents just you know, told me, you know, ch- chase your dreams, kid. So Absolutely. Um, and I would say also in part that I just really love school. Um, so I'm always looking for an opportunity to go back to school. Nice. Um so really, if you, it's more like I haven't decided what I want to do with my life when I grow up. So I gotcha. I gotcha. But like, what was it, especially like with the scientific side of things, like what was it that drew you to the science realm? Because I'm mean, like, like I was listening with molecular biology and uh, biochemistry and now forensic science. Like, what was it about that that piqued you? Because I know I tended to go towards like the English major side of things, so I didn't have to go with any kind of math past, you know, basic division or any kind of that heavy duty science stuff because that was well, well over my head. So that was way out of my league. So what drew you into that? So science was always my favorite subject growing up. Um, it was the subject that I was did the best in, um, and I have to confess. I got interested in forensics because I started watching a show called CSI. Nice. I love it. I love it. (laughs) 
Um, so I actually picked the college that I went to because of their forensics program that okay. they had there. So I could get my BS there and then I could transition into a master's program there. Nice. Very nice. Uh, so just really kind of the curiosity and the figuring things out. That's always kind of been my personality is like, give me a mystery to solve. I like that. So in a situation like that, because you reference CSI and with these different TV shows, I know you've heard like we've heard stories in the past where people that are actually in those fields see the things on TV and it's not done the way they do it out in the field. Have you ever encountered that? Like just this is just a random question from me. But like, have you ever seen that on different TV shows where like, oh, that's not how it's done? Or does it like drive you crazy if you see something like that? It does drive me crazy but i also keep in mind um you know that that's that's fictional right it's not going to be exactly like what it's like in real life um so i think there, there's kind of a term for what you're talking about it's called the csi effect um it's hmm. actually become quite an issue in jury trials because oh. um you know all these jurors who are watching these crime shows get mm-hmm. unrealistic expectations about how the science works, how the evidence is gathered, how the evidence is interpreted. Um, so they actually have to educate a lot of juries about, you know, making that distinction between what they see on TV and what's actually going to happen uh, wow. because a TV show has distorted their expectations so much. Okay. See, I, I just learned something new right there. I didn't realize that that was that big of a thing and that it even had its own name. Like, Yep. Wow. I, I wrote a research paper about it. Nice. So. Nice. So what like what was it about CSI that really like piqued your interest with the forensic science? Break that down for me a little bit. Oh gosh, I can't even remember. I think I just got really curious one day. I was looking for a show and CSI came on, you know, two episodes in, I'm hooked. Right. And just you know, seeing all the chemistry and, um, you know, the collecting the evidence and trying to, now I'm losing my train of thought. (laughs) (laughs) Been there, done that, and it's happened many a times on this show. (laughs) So I think it was just really kind of the draw of, hey, I can take this little piece of evidence and get all of this information out of it, and I can use that, you know, for the sake of justice. So that's that was my version of a superhero, somebody nice. who could use science to their advantage. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, that's something I... I haven't put it in that kind of thought process, so I love that perspective of it. Because, I mean, it is... That is real-life superhero stuff, and you do get to bring justice to that when you take that one little tiny thing and turn it into this big, broad picture. Like... That's an amazing thing to think about. So thank you for sharing that perspective too. But like when your parents find out like that, that's what you're interested in. I know they said, you know, like go chase your dreams kid, but were they on board with that type of, uh, you know, major and dedicating your time to that in college? Or was there any kind of like, well, maybe you should try this field or whatever it may be. Yes. Um, from my mom, she wanted me to go into journalism. <laughs> so when I told her that I wanted to be CSI, she was like, oh, dear Lord, child, why? <laughs> <laughs> so what was it about journalism that made your mom want to kind of push you down that path? I don't want to sound um, like braggadocious here. Right, right, right. But, um, I've always had people compliment me on my writing skills. Okay. Um, you know, I've won some minor 
awards for it in the congratulations past. nice um, it's like you know you need to do this for a living and i'm like mom i don't want people to tell me how i'm supposed to write yeah and i was guess i was kind of worried that if i was doing that professionally i'd lose my passion for doing it yes recreationally absolutely and that's something that's come up with previous guests too about you know like different things they do to recharge their batteries that they maybe could have taken that opportunity for but the same sentiment seems to be across the board that if it becomes like a job you do run that risk of losing the passion for it so i get that so was she like once she started seeing how you took to you know the science and everything was she start did she eventually come around to what you were doing and support it or was she still kind of like well I wish you would uh you know pursue the journalism a little bit more Oh uh, I think she still kind of threw in occasionally like you would have done really good at journalism but I think she finally accepted the fact that I was going to do it you know, right my right junior year of college she's like <laughs> okay she's really serious about the science stuff Guess I got to get on board then. So in all of that too, like um, as you're breaking into the voice acting realm now, like where did that come into all this? Because I know like from experience, college is a full-time thing. So where did you find the time to pursue this passion? And once you answer that, I want to back up and find out, you know, like what was it about voice acting that made you want to pursue that? Or do you remember what it was that got your attention there? Yeah, um, so it's not really a special story. I wouldn't (laughs) call it a special story, but um, basically, you know, in college, I was going to conventions, Mm -hmm. I was going to Nebraska that I mentioned to you earlier. Yes. Um, And, you know, just interacting with all of the people who were attending con, you Mm -hmm. know, going and listening to the workshops with the voice actors. I'm like, wow, this would be like really fun. I wish I could do that. And right. then really just one, one day I was like, you know, I don't see a reason why I should try it. Yeah, absolutely. So I was, it was just like, okay, I guess I'm doing this now. <laughs> right. Right. Now, did you start before the pandemic started or after the pandemic started? I started before. Okay. Um, I got to think now I'm getting old. So <laughs> I'm right there with you. Um, so I was at my last job, actually. Um, I had a friend and coworker, you know, he and I were always talking about um, going into voice, voiceover together, voice acting together, mm-hmm. doing fun little skits. Uh, we talked about getting into Sonny's class together and doing that. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, you know, Sonny's classes go fast. Yes, so they do. Yes, they get do. Get a chance. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to do that until last year. Right. Um, but I'm like, okay, I can't just keep hoping that I'm going to get lucky with this voiceover thing. Um, so right after I moved down here to Ames, I started looking for a vocal coach because I'm like, I have no idea where I'm supposed to start. Mm-hmm. And then I'm definitely one of those people like, okay, I need to know what I need to do. Yes. Um, I can't just, you know, freestyle it. So absolutely. I found myself a vocal coach and it kind of just went from there. And in the area you're in, it's not necessarily considered like a big voiceover hub, is it? <laughs> no. And see, that's, that's kind of the, 
the same thing where I'm at. Like, I'm in Nashville, but, you know, huge music hub, but you don't hear a lot about voiceover down here. So before, you know, before the pandemic started, like you had mentioned Sonny's classes, and I know at that point, you know, like he was doing them in person, which I would have to imagine is an awesome experience in itself. But did you find it hard to find those classes when you weren't in those major areas where, you know, it's like you had to be to, to kind of like get noticed for voiceover? What was that like? It was a bit of a challenge, uh, but really, I literally just went to Google and I typed in vocal coach. Nice. And it took me um, to this website called Thumbtack. Um, It's kind of a website designed to help you uh, find coaches, um, actors, all that stuff, anything for any of the projects that you have in mind. And basically, I just put up an ad saying I was looking for a vocal coach that I was looking to go into voiceover and voice acting and I got a couple of responses and I clicked with one and I worked with him for about let's see a year and then he had some personal matters um, come up that he couldn't be my coach anymore so I put up an ad again and I found my new coach Michelle and I just absolutely love her so much. Awesome. That is awesome that you found, uh, you know, like that you got a response that quick and you clicked right away. And then you mm-hmm. also, too, you know, like you were able to find somebody when the personal issues came up. Now, everything for me kind of started happening during the pandemic, which it feels like it's been so much longer than just like summer of last year. Or, well, as we're, as this episode drops coming up on two years ago, but, you know, it feels like it's been so much longer. But, you know, like when you started taking these classes and these group workshops, especially through Zoom, did you find it hard to, like, kind of connect with other people in those classes or perform without having kind of like that in-person interaction? Um, I don't think so. I actually think it was a little bit better for me, actually, because you get, like, terrible performance anxiety, especially if it's, like, a room full of people. Yeah, absolutely. Um... So, I mean, yeah, it kind of lacked that more personal aspect of group classes and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but honestly, like I think um, has been said in Sunny's class before, this is kind of how the industry is going. It's all online now. Absolutely. And that's, uh, again, that's one of the reasons kind of like I'm trying to make such a big push to getting a bigger physical space because you can see what I'm in right now on on screen here and it's very small, very compact, but I want to be able to compete with those people in Dallas and LA and wherever they may be so that I don't have to travel out there or, you know, eventually move out there. But I think I've noticed a lot of people saying like, yeah, now that we can do this, I don't want to go back to studio. And, you know, like somebody like Sonny even moved across the country where he's out of that major hub now, but he's still, you know, involved in the process. So it's one of those like silver linings to such a terrible, you know, terrible time in the world. But as that happened, you know, like as COVID happened and the pandemic happened, did you find yourself having more opportunities to audition that may not have been there before everything went remote and went virtual? Yeah, that was kind of where I was focusing, um, was auditions that I was finding online. Yeah. Um, I think, I was working with Voices.com for a while, mm-hmm. um, had some opportunities to audition through there. Um, I think there's a couple other websites out there that I'm 
forgetting the name of right now. Right. There's so uh, many that it's hard to keep up, honestly. Yeah. So I think more my challenge was just my schedule outside of voiceover. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Because I know a lot of those websites that have those jobs posted, um, like they can have it up for 10 minutes and already they have 25 auditions and Mm -hmm. you know, they're gonna pick the person who's, you know, the best of the best within the first 20 responses. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's something that, um, I heard a lot, but then at that point too, like you, you mentioned the biggest thing that I really wanted to talk about. And it's like, you were already crawling around inside my head was your schedule outside of the voice acting and the voiceover, because that plays a big part, especially in like if you've got to get the degree or get that next master's degree and graduate, or you've got to go to work and pay the bills and these auditions come in and you're not able to get on them like some other people may be. How did you juggle all that? Like, How did you juggle school and everything else that was going on on top of getting these auditions? What was that process like? You know, I kind of feel like I'm a horse. I've learned to sleep standing up. <laughs> Teach me the ways. <laughs> Um, other than that, uh, a lot of Dr. Pepper, um, that is my life force right there. Uh, it really is just a matter of time management. Um, just, you know, having set study times, you know, I have a color coded agenda. Nice. Uh, <laughs> so that I know like on this night, I need to do this homework for yeah. this class on this night. I need to do this homework for this class. Um, and work that around my work schedule. Um, and then just whatever free time that I have, I'm going to spend that working on voiceover if I'm not sleeping. Absolutely. Now I know at one point too, like this was a big thing for me and I've eventually figured out, you know, like sometimes you do have to take that downtime and you do have to, you know, give yourself time to recharge. But did you have like, did you automatically have it where, I have the mindset, I should say, where like if I've got all this other stuff to do and I can't make it to auditions tonight because I've just got like X amount of homework or a thesis paper due or whatever it may be and I don't get to audition tonight, that's okay. Like, did you have that mentality or did you have like a FOMO mentality where it's, you know, I've got to get this audition in? Like, what was that like for you? It was really kind of a hard decision to make here. Um, like, we found out in our last class with Sunny, like academics is really important to me. Yes, uh, yes, absolutely. Um, so it's kind of I'm sad to say that when it came to sacrificing something, I kind of sacrificed the audition. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I get that too, because again, school is a huge priority. And if you're putting in the time and money to be there, that makes perfect sense to me why it would be the priority. Yeah, so I actually haven't done any auditions in the last couple of months because I had an overlap between um, my la- uh, my most recent master's degree and the start of my doctorate. So, oh wow! I was like, okay, I I have um, way too much homework to do. I was both programs were accelerated programs, so I'd have like eight weeks of classes. And a lot of assignments and lengthy papers to do for all of them. And I'm like, I'm going to lose my mind if I try (laughs) try to add auditions to this. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to take a minor break. Um, And that, I think, is what kept me sane for the most part. Right, right. Um, I did keep up 
with my lessons with my vocal coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually find that almost therapeutic. Oh, yeah. Um, she and I, oh my God, I can't sing her praises enough. She is hilarious. You know, she's very understanding of my crazy school schedule, my crazy demanding work responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really look forward to working with her every week. Absolutely. And I know, like I mentioned, uh, you know, Elise sponsoring this show, Elise Bowman is my vocal coach. And pretty much along the same lines of everything you just said about yours, I can say the same for hers. You know, like she understands if something with the kids come up or if on the day we're scheduled, I'm having to take my dog to the emergency vet, but she still checks in. She still makes sure things are going okay. And, you know, like she's still like, we have little follow-up sessions, but when we do get to actually get in there and, you know, have some fun with a script or something, it is very therapeutic to just kind of like, put everything else in the real world out and kind of get back into that sandbox and have fun when you do it. Mm-hmm. But then like, I think the biggest thing that I could say for Elise and for your coach as well, is that the understanding more than anything else, because again, like everybody knows now that I, I've had a wrestling background uh, and somehow I've winded up back or wound up back in that. I can't even use proper grammar and I'm an English major, but you know, like, in that, there's the mentality of if you don't do it or if you don't show up or if you miss something, certain people will say that you're not dedicated to that or they, they'll kind of like beat you down for having these other things that come up in your real life that are unavoidable. So having people like that in this industry that support you and understand that, it goes a lot further than I could even express right now in words because you could hear I can't even get the words out properly. But, you know, it, it makes a huge huge world of difference and that's a sign of a great coach in itself right there too so you know for anybody out there looking for a voice coach look for somebody with qualities like that because that's what's going to help you develop as you try to chase your dream as well so not just somebody that's going to take your money but somebody that actually cares about you and connects with you and understands if things outside of you know in the real world happen on top of that so sorry to derail on that tangent there Oh, it's fine. You said something I want to circle back to, um, going back to the class we took with Sonny this summer, or this past summer now, uh, you know, like where we had to do these random improv scenes that were kind of focused on our deepest fears. And like you said, the education was a big part of yours. What was it like for you to have that type of improv scene with basically random strangers through a Zoom setting and, you know, perform that for the rest of the class? What was that like for you? main thought running through my mind is these people are going to think I'm insane that this is my biggest fear. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, and truth be told, that wasn't even my biggest fear. It was the only one that I was willing to do an improv about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but I mean, I just get, it's something that I get so worked up with. I've never been able to shake that perfectionist, um, mentality yeah. like and my my friends and my coworkers make fun of me now because like one day I came into work upset they're what's they're like what's wrong with you I'm like I got my grade back on my paper what did you get I got a 97 they're like what's wrong with that and I'm like it wasn't an A enough <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I think that was actually part of the scene that you did in the class too if I'm not mistaken like I, I, I think so it, it was uh, it's you know I recognize that I put like ridiculously high standards for myself. Absolutely. It, it, it's just really who I am. 
Yep. But I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with that too, as long as it's not running you like, you know, into the ground or killing you, so to speak. Because that just that's the sign of a very dedicated and very driven person. But you know, in saying all that, you know, like you mentioned earlier, you've taken some time away from auditions because you do have so much on your plate. But how do you prioritize like having time to recharge your batteries or, you know, take some time to just kind of like decompress and unwind from everything? Are you does your schedule allow you to do that or do you have to like force time in to make that happen? There's a lot of times where I kind of have to force it mm-hmm. um, more so when it comes to work. Um, I have a lot of obligations there. Oh, yeah. Um, So, um, and it kind of feels like I have to fight to take my PTO half the time. (laughs) Trust me, I understand. Um, my, my simple solution, honestly, is just take a walk. Yep. You know, we leave your phone, leave your phone at home. If you feel safe doing that, you know, this is Iowa. It's, you know, we wave to everybody we see on the street. Yeah. Small town, small town (laughs) feel that you don't really see a lot of anymore, which is a sad thing. But, you know, I I get what you're saying because I grew up around quite a bit of that myself. So absolutely. (laughs) So honestly, for me, just a walk in the quiet where I can just let my brain wander and not have to think Mm -hmm. about anything too critically. That's enough of a recharge for me to say, okay, I can get back to this as soon as I get back home. I love that. So with that too, um, just because like you were mentioning kind of like the work thing, it's harder to to get away. It's harder to get that PTO. I know just from my experience too, I, I've had those moments where, you know, like you work so hard to get ahead so that when you come back, you don't have as much. But then it seems like when you leave, you come back with three times as much. How do you regret, like, how do you work through something like that? Because then it's like, well, man, I shouldn't have even taken that time off or you know, how does that, how does that affect your mind and what do you do to combat that? Um, I'm the kind of person that I will actually come up with lists and instructions for people to follow when I'm gone. (laughs) Um, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I'm a lab supervisor, so (laughs) management positions are interesting. Let's say that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) um i actually have made how-to manuals for some of the stuff that i do okay um in case somebody has to fill in for me if i'm gone unexpectedly or if um i think this has happened before i've actually gotten snowed in at my dad's house before oh buddy yeah (laughs) and then just i kind of come in with the expectation that okay my first day back no matter how much i want to avoid it i'm probably going to have to spend an extra hour or two at work, just getting things back in order. Absolutely. Um, And do you feel like it's easier to do that when you expect it, as opposed to it kind of coming out of left field or do you tend to kind of be like a more go with the flow in that situation and just get it done? I would say based on my professional background, I've learned how to be a go with the flow person. Nice. Um, Because I could, write down a schedule of all the things that I want to accomplish tomorrow at work. And I'm happy if I get two of them because it never goes to schedule because there's always something (laughs) uh, to pop up. I think, Oh, I don't remember where I read this sometimes, but it was like some kind of study where if you're a manager, you get interrupted 
every six minutes. Some days it feels like you're interrupted every six seconds. So of course, yeah, been yeah. It seems like when it rains, it pours, and that's kind of in that kind of scenario. Yep. Man, kudos on you for being a go with the flow person because I know before I started taking improv, it was it had to be this way or everything just everything else sucked the rest of the day if one thing went wrong. So. Kudos to you for being able to just go with the flow and let it roll off your back like a duck. So major, major respect there. So with it being, you know, like uh, two months since you've done any auditions and as you're getting closer to, you know, getting that doctorate and everything, like what's going to come next? What's going to come next when you have all these degrees and everything? Are you going back to school? Are you going to put more focus on auditions? What's next for you after all that? I think I'm good with school for a while. I can take a break for a while. I'd say so. Let's see. This is my third year being in an accelerated program, so I'm ready for a break from school. Oh, I would be too. I get this one done. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I really do want to put more time and attention into doing um, voiceover. Um, Absolutely. But, you know, operating on the off chance that it doesn't pan out for me, because, you know, that's always a possibility. Of course. You know, I've come to accept that it might not be my reality. Um, I think really kind of the direction that I want to go as far as a um, profession is really to kind of focus on environmental management. Um, Nice. More specifically, my dream career that's not voiceover um would be to be a chief sustainability officer okay man that's that that sounds like right up there with uh with my guest from a couple weeks ago ac like kind of along the lines of what she's doing and what she's actually you know about to get her master's for as well so like i swear it wasn't planned to have you guys on that close (laughs) together and have that kind of a trend but it's so cool to have like to have you girls on here so close together and then like see so much care and like concern for the environment and the world as a whole too. Cause like right now it just seems like that is not a priority in anybody's mind. It's just every other thing that probably isn't that important. So hearing that and just kind of seeing like that you're looking at options like that and looking for the betterment, you know, of the environment and the world around us is an awesome thing. Oh yeah. I'm going to let my nerds head show here and I'm really just attracted to the science side of it. I gotcha. Um, and I'm a bit of a tree hugger, so... Hey, nothing I wrong with that. <laughs> definitely have that concern for the environment. Absolutely. I get it. I get it. So, one last question about the uh, the voiceover here. Um, because I see, you know, like you've got the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle shirt on right <laughs> now. Um, I'm wearing a Star Wars hoodie. Surprise, surprise. You know, that's uh, one of my big two. If you could land a role in anything that you like that you watch right now or that maybe you grew up watching like a bucket list show that you could be cast on what would it be i would love to be cast into a villain role i dig it i dig it (laughs) uh whether that's like a villain role with teenage mutant ninja turtles (laughs) i'm pretty sure i would drop dead with shock right right um, but otherwise, like, I would love to be a Disney villain. Like, yes. Ursula is my favorite Disney villain. Um, so that would kind of be the end-all career for me um, as far as voiceover goes. I love it. 
And then I got one last question before we uh, before we flip the roles here a little bit. But what is the greatest cinematic movie masterpiece of all time, and why is it the 1999 movie The Mummy? <laughs> I, I think we can s- just summarize it with one person, Brendan Fraser. Okay. Yes, that I can <laughs> I can dig that right there. Um, I, I and everybody else in that cast is awesome, but he is the pinnacle. And I don't know what it was. I don't even remember how we became like so connected over that movie. But it's like any random mummy meme about that movie because it's become a thing on its own again. It's like a an underground cult following now, and it's like. I meet these people in these classes. We have these brief interactions that you can have through Zoom for like three or four hours over a weekend's period of time. But then you just find these little random things that you connect with, you know, when you connect on social media. I think I shared a random mummy meme, and then you reacted to it, and then it was all downhill from there. So, you know, it's like, I don't know what it was, but like you find these kindred spirits for the most random things in these genres, and it is so, so awesome. I don't know how to explain it, but, like, just finding somebody else that appreciates that movie because I think when I got sick last year when I had COVID, I watched that movie and The Mummy Returns, like, just on repeat because I was too lazy to change the channel off of HBO Max. (laughs) And every time my wife would walk in, she would just roll her eyes, turn around, and leave. It's like... (laughs) I'm too tired to argue with you that you don't have, like, great cinematic, like, appreciation, but, you know, I have friends that support it, so I'm cool. But you're taking care of me, so I gotta be nice. So, you know, but it's like, I just, I love having people that I can make those random references to and, like, just see where it goes. Because it's such a fun, random, weird thing that, you know, unless you have something like that with your with your friends or your group of friends... You don't understand a word of what I just said, but, you know, so it, right. it just became this big pop culture phenomenon again, and I fell right back in love with it. I was like, where has this been for the last 20 years? Where has it been? Exactly. I, I gotta be honest. I would say um, that the majority of my friends are people that I've met over the internet. Yep. <laughs> Whether, again, I'm gonna confess to being a nerd, it was in a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fan group. Yeah. Or, um, actually, I've been introduced to friends through other friends. They're like, hey, I think you would totally get along with this person. You're practically Absolutely. the same person. You should get together and do some crazy stuff. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So, I always joke that I don't make friends. People just find me and adopt me. See, that's, again, though, it's, uh, it's like that old relationship advice, you know, it's like the harder you go out and try to find somebody, the harder it is to actually make that connection. But if it just happens naturally, or like you said, if somebody finds you, it's like, it's like a friendship that won't go away. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. you can't lose that friend because you're just so randomly connected to subject X or whatever it is, you know, but it's just like, it's so awesome. And like you, I've made so many friends and connections over the last two years now that I've only met like a small handful in person, but I feel like I've known these people. I've grown up with them and we've become this family. So it's like, I get, I get it. You know, like having all these friends online is like, you know, back in the day when we were growing up, that was weird. That was shunned upon, but like now that's the world we're in. And then, like, when you do meet them, like, you know, like I said earlier, I just met um, a former Sunny Strait classmate in Pigeon Forge this weekend in a convention. 
you know, it was like, like we'd known each other the whole time, even though that was our first face-to-face introduction. So you build these relationships, even if it is, you know, like behind a computer screen at first, but if there's something that you genuinely connect on, it doesn't matter if you've never met in person before, because that relationship and that friendship becomes so strong that it doesn't matter. It's like, it's just a pure friendship. Right. And man, I feel like I've been so long-winded on that. I'm going to take a break for a minute here. And I'm going to hand the reins over to of the show. Yeah, hand the reins of this show over to you here. I'm getting a mental fog myself. So this is going to be a fun little question round here. But we're going to keep the trend going for, you know, another episode like we've been doing. I'm going to hand the reins over to Monica. She is free to ask me up to five questions of her choosing. I don't know what they are ahead of time. So all of my answers are going to be off the cuff. So, Monica, whenever you are ready, I am at your mercy. Okay, I've been thinking about this all day. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, so, so you, you, you've you seen what kind of sense of humor I have. It's, yes. It's pretty dark. It's yes. full of terrible puns. So I have to ask you, especially since you're a dad, what's your best dad joke? Man, I don't even know yet because my kids aren't old enough to... Uh, <laughs> To appreciate, I'm like, I've got a six-year-old and a two-year-old, so I don't know. Um, the biggest ones for me, like, I, I, I see the dad memes on Facebook or whatever, and it's the, you know, like, the dad, I'm tired. Hi, tired, I'm dad. Like, that's probably <laughs> the go-to right now, just because I see so many of those on my timeline on social media. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Or the thermostat, <laughs> because I'm usually the one touching it at the house, too, so... They'll come with time. Yeah, <laughs> when they can actually reach it. <laughs> oh man, I love dad jokes. They're yes, the they are the best. Um, next question. I need to hear an update on the puppy. Um. Okay. So, pardon the language, but this little shithead. Okay. So. He's getting better. Um, as we're recording this here in a couple weeks, we finally have a dermatologist appointment for like the little patches of hair that still haven't grown back. But I had to take him to the vet last week. I think it was last week. It, it all runs together and we got a follow up now. But he tore his ACL or whatever the dog's equivalent of an ACL is in his back left leg. So I had to order him a wrap. But you know, he's still limping around a little bit. We've got to follow up next month to see if the pain medication they've given us is, uh, you know, is helping so we don't have to do surgery again. But, you know, I mean, I saw him today. The UPS guy showed up and he was running around the yard like nothing was wrong. So I'm assuming he's back on the mend. He's back to like trying to chase the cats and trying to get as much food as possible. So despite the limp, he, he's back to normal and having those patches of hair missing. So he's laying in the bed right now. He's keeping my spot warm. So I'm good. He barks at everything. So it's like it's like nothing ever happened. And we still don't know why he got sick the first time. So I don't know. But, you know, I just appreciate you asking. And I appreciate everybody's concern. Like, whether, like I said, whether we've met or not. You know, like they see the pictures. And, you know, everybody was checking in. So that means a lot to me. Because I'm a huge, huge pet person. And... That was a rough patch, so I appreciate everybody's you know care and concern on that. So thank you all for that. Yep, gotta take care of our fur babies. Absolutely, so. <laughs> absolutely. Um, next question. So, 
Dr. Pepper is my go-to caffeine source. What's yes. yours? Um, if it's not pre-workout, it's either Mellow Yellow or Mountain Dew, whichever is readily available. I don't discriminate, so. I can't drink Mountain Dew. <laughs> I get so hyper. Oh, my God. I got, I got away from it, but it seems like it comes and goes in random spurts where it just randomly comes back into the picture, and it's like, oh, I thought I, I thought we were done. I thought we broke up. But, oh, here you come back again. It's like, ah, just no. But then you drink it anyway, and you, you feel guilty about it after. Yeah. What am I doing with my life? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Man, this is uh, this has been a fun interview. Doesn't feel like we've been chatting for as long as we have, but I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed getting to learn more about, you know, like your your educational background and what kind of motivated you to follow the path you did and your your sense of time management as well. So that's mad, mad respect on my end going out to you. Uh, well, I, I have no personal life, so <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how I do it. It's a sacrifice you got to make sometimes, but hey, it looks like it's paying off for you, I'd say. I, I hope so. I, I hope that will translate to my next job because, you know, I need a raise. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, I mean, what's... uh. What's one thing you want to leave our audience with? Like, what's what's next for you or any piece of advice that you want to give somebody that may be in a situation like that where they're about to graduate or, you know, again, don't know what they want to go into for their major in college? Like, any advice you want to give to our listeners? I would say um, don't let anybody else tell you what your dream is supposed to be. Beautiful. Beautiful, so, beautiful. Because they're not going to be the ones living it. That's for sure. Exactly. That is for sure. Well, man, I can't think of a better way to uh, wrap up this awesome interview right here. So going out on a high, powerful note, I love that. So, you know, Monica, thank you for making time to fit us into your busy schedule and have this conversation because I have enjoyed every single minute of it. It's been a blast. Good. I am glad to hear it. Well, guys... I want to thank you all again for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this as much as I enjoyed having Monica on here tonight. And like I said at the beginning of the show, if you're not already, what are you waiting for? Go find us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Keep up with guests that we've got coming up. Share it with your friends. Share it with your family. Go to my links. Find out how you can get cash back for everyday shopping with my Rakuten link. Go check it out. Go subscribe. Go leave a five-star review on Apple iTunes. Tell your friends. Tell your family. If you like something on here, tell me what you like. If you don't like it, tell me what you don't like. I'll see what I can do to fix it so that I'm making sure I'm bringing you the best quality podcast I can. And make sure you're also going to be checking out the other podcasts that I have coming out, Tales from the Haunt or Wrestling with Hypotheticals. There's so much going on right now, guys, that I just want to make sure everybody's in the know on it so that these are getting the most exposure they can and finding the audience that's right for them. And again, too, if you've got a product or service that you want to advertise and get out to a worldwide audience, look for my email in the show notes because I want to work with you to make that happen. So, guys, for myself, for Monica, I thank you for tuning in tonight. Monica, thank you for coming on as well. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Oh, that was my pleasure. And guys, we're going to be back again next week with another awesome guest, and I can't wait for you to tune in and hear that one. So go out in the meantime, do some good in the world, get caught up in the archives if you haven't already, 
And just be on the lookout for that next episode to drop next Friday. So for me, for Monica, thank you for tuning in tonight. And guys, I know you hear me. The I Know You Hear Me podcast is a presentation of Flynn Hendricks Enterprises. We thank you for tuning in this week, and we hope you'll check out our sponsors and advertisers. Make sure you check us out next week as we come back at the same time with another awesome episode.